Welcome to the A-Trans Podcast with Conductor and Host. We have a loaded show for you today. We got a lot to get to. Rumors floating about. Or, or, or is it a rumor? OU in Texas possibly leaving Big 12? Also, what is the NFL doing with this vaccine mandate or not so mandate? Well, all I can say is grab your ticket, get on board, put the seatbelt on, enjoy the ride because it's the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your conductor, Anthony Smith. So let's get this train rolling down the track. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! Welcome into my first segment of the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Yes, this is your boy, Anthony Smith, the conductor of the train. Hope you have your tickets, hope you're on board, and I hope you're strapped in your seatbelt because we're going to take you on a sports journey. And let's not procrastinate. We're going to get right in to the topic at hand. Yes, that's right. I was going to talk about, isn't it funny how like the Big 12 is catering to Texas? Now you cannot show the upside down version of the hook'em horns because that is now considered a penalty. Taunting. Really? So they can do it the right way, take the stand, and put it all in your face. But if you do it upside down, that's a penalty for taunting? Is that not giving them preference or treatment? But you know what? There's a bigger elephant in the room to fry than that because Yesterday, what started out as a rumor, a little over 25 hours later, has picked up even more traction. Let me tell you how this has picked up traction. As I was at the gym this morning, yes, I do go to the gym. might not look like it, but I do go to the gym. Uh, I was looking at the ticker on ESPN, and a quote was made that Texas said they want to be the only school in the state of Texas in the SEC. Right. I laugh at that too because of the simple fact Texas A&M is already there. Ding, ding, ding. As a matter of fact, if I'm correct, Texas A&M left to go to the SEC. One, I know it's a money thing, but two, because of Texas. Anyway, you already know what my lead in is. What started out as a rumor as Texas and OU talking about leaving the Big 12 for the SEC has picked up a lot of traction since the story was first broke yesterday. So what we're going to do before we get into that story, we are going to hear from 
one Stephen A. Smith to see what he has to say about this. According to a report yesterday in the Houston Chronicle, Texas and Oklahoma have reached out to the SEC about joining the conference with an announcement expected in the coming weeks. Now, let me be clear. This is a very good day if you're a fan of Oklahoma or Texas. They're making moves, the necessary moves, to stay in the top echelon of college football programs in this new era, this new name, image, and likeness era of college sports. An era in which Nick Saban said Bryce Young, Alabama's sophomore quarterback, a kid who has yet to even start a game, has received near seven figures so far. This is the future, the future of recruiting. Every four and five-star kid across the country will be looking to maximize his earning potential, not just at the professional level, in college too. That means the SEC, the best conference, the most passionate fan bases. Of course, Oklahoma and Texas want a piece of that. Of course, they want to position themselves to be one of the programs competing for spots in the future 12-team playoff. Again, this is a very good day if you're a fan of Oklahoma or Texas. But it's a horrible day for the rest of the Big 12, for the rest of college sports, because it's about to be the SEC and then everybody else, the haves and the have-nots, even more so than it's been. There are 129 FBS programs, and the SEC isn't going to take all of y'all. Oklahoma and Texas are just getting in while they still can. The rest of college football, outside of the SEC, will have to figure things out for themselves. Good luck with that. Wow. Good luck. According to a report that. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma, do we really need a sign? Good luck with that. All that can be said. Good luck with that. So let's play devil's advocate. OU, Texas, leaves Big 12, which it really can't be called Big 12 because, for one, they don't have 12 teams in the conference. They barely have 10. If you count Kansas, oh, I'm not going to throw no shade on Kansas. There are some people that actually listen to this podcast. Maybe during football season, it's known as the Big Nine. One step away from what they used to originally be called, the Big Eight. So Texas OU leaves the Big 12, which is really there's 10 teams in there. Somebody forgot how to count. If you leave, if they leave, that goes back to what the conference originally was known as the Big Eight. Of course, it would be the little late. Your premier team in that conference then would basically be Iowa State. Heck, if I'm Iowa State, that'd be the case. I'm looking to move to the Big Ten. At least you got one natural rival over there in the Big Ten. You have the Iowa Hawkeyes. Y'all play every year anyway. Why not make it even worth more than what y'all play for right now? But that is the word around the water cooler. 
So what happens? Is it just talk or could this be a reality? Let's look a little bit into this story and get a little bit of scoop on this. Okay, this story broke yesterday, but it was an unnamed source. So, like I said, what started out yesterday as a rumor is picking up a lot of traction now. Oklahoma and Texas have reached out to the SEC about possibly joining the conference. Multiple sources confirmed to ESPN. The Houston Chronicle, which first reported the story, cited an unnamed, there it is again, unnamed college official and said an announcement could come within a couple of weeks. Both Texas and Oklahoma released similar statements on Wednesday, but officials at both schools declined further comments from ESPN. Speculation always swirls around collegiate athletics, a Texas spokesman said in a statement. We will not address rumors or speculation, said Oklahoma in a statement college athletics landscape is shifting constantly. We don't address every anonymous rumor. A source told ESPN that Big 12 athletic directors and administrators are meeting Thursday evening to discuss the situation. Another note I heard about that was Texas and Oklahoma were not invited to the meeting. On Wednesday at SEC Media Days, Texas A&M athletic director Ross Bort said he will be diligent. We said he said he will be diligent in our approach to protect Texas A&M. Translation: They don't want nothing to do with Texas, which is why they left Big Twelve. We want to be the only SEC program in the state of Texas. Texas Bort said, "There is a reason why Texas A&M left the Big Twelve to be standalone to have our own." Identity. Texas A&M, along with Missouri, left the Big 12 to join the SEC in 2012. Bork said he and fellow SEC athletic directors had not discussed bringing Texas and Oklahoma to the conference. According to the SEC bylaws regarding conference membership, a vote of at least three-fourths of the members is required to extend an invitation for membership or in this case, 11 of the 14 schools. Borick also was unaware of any language in Texas A&M's deal with the SEC that would prohibit a league from adding another team from the state. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said he was worried about the 2021 season and didn't directly address what he described as a report from unnamed people. I'm not going to comment on speculation, Sankey said. Oklahoma State, while calling the reports unconfirmed, said it would be extremely disappointed if they were true and would defend this position. While we place a premium on history, loyalty, and trust, be assured we will aggressively defend and advance what is best for Oklahoma State and our strong athletic program, which continues to excel in the Big 12 and nationally, the school said in the statement. One potential obstacle for such a move, at least anytime soon, is that Oklahoma and Texas signed a Big 12 grant of rights agreement in which they granted their first and second tier media rights for football and men's basketball to the conference through June 30th, 2025. 
That means the Big 12 will still own those schools' media rights for those sports, even if they are no longer members until the agreement expires. Big 12 TV contract with Do lotion and jeans go together? A Nivea breathable experiment. And we are going to Now they do. Moisturizes deeply with no sticky feel. The game-changing Nivea breathable. I think expansion is of the playoff is inevitable. I think And there we go. We have fixed that glitch. Those are the things that happens in the world of podcasting. Now, back to the report. The Big 12 TV contract with ESPN and Fox also expires in 2025. Longhorns Network's deal with ESPN goes through 2031. Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher said, I bet they would when asked what he thought about the possibility of Texas and Oklahoma seeking to join the conference. I just worry about A&M. You know what I mean? Fisher said, listen, we have the greatest league of all. I don't know how I feel about it. So there is part of that story that is building up traction on OU and Texas possibly reaching out to the SEC and saying goodbye, Big 12. Well, if you heard my rant about that, because right now the Big 12 only has 10 teams. Football-wise, the only team that's holding the conference up is the Oklahoma Sooners. Texas can't even, well, let's just say, Texas was sniffing Iowa State. That's all I'm going to say on that. I have to keep this PG. Tell you what I'm going to do, though. I am going to take a quick pause. When I come back, I got some more news for you. Guess what? The train is still building up ahead of steam. There's the music. Time to take a break. I'll be back after these messages. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.kakeybums.com That's www.c-a-k-e-y-b-u-m-s.com www.kakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about. 
Hey, what's happening? It's Rick Thomas with Running the Table, and you already know you are on board the A-Train. Hang on for the ride. Welcome back to my next segment. And the NFL has decided it's going to mandate NFL warning to teams. COVID-19 outbreaks among unvaccinated players could lead to forfeited games. Yes, that's the talk around the water cooler. No, that's not water cooler talk. That's coming from top brass in the NFL. I was talking to some guys on the sports radio show today, and I told them this very thing right here could lead to finger pointing and divide a locker room. Let's just face it. Even in the everyday world, there are some people that will not take that vaccination. Now, Granted, I got my first shot, and I got to go back next week and get my second one. Was I reluctant? Yes, I had to do my due diligence. I finally said, okay, especially knowing that I was getting ready to take a flight. You know, some things are still as it is. It is what it is, basically. So if we in the everyday world toying, fighting, and wrestling with, am I going to take the shot or not take the shot? Why should I have to take it? Then you already know NFL players are on that same. After all, hey, they're just like us. At the end of the day, you see them on TV. You see them making their millions and millions of dollars. But at the end of the day, they're made out of the same stuff we are. In other words, translation, they're humans. Anyway, the NFL has added an additional COVID-19 vaccination incentive for players threatening forfeits and the loss of game checks if an outbreak among unvaccinated players caused an unresolvable disruption in the regular season schedule. Commissioner Roger Goodell informed clubs of the new policy Thursday in a memo. The league has encouraged vaccination for players but has not required it per an agreement with NFL Players Association. Instead, the league has set up a series of incentives as of Thursday, Goodell wrote, more than 75% of NFL players were at least partially vaccinated, and more than half the league's teams have player vaccination rates over 80%. Unvaccinated players will be the subject of severe protocols during training camp and the regular season, including daily testing, mask wearing, and travel restrictions. Thursday's memo made it clear that unvaccinated players could, in theory, be responsible for the losses of game and paychecks as well. The new policy drills down on a scenario that never occurred in 2020 when the NFL postponed five games and moved 10 others to accommodate outbreaks. A forfeit will be called in 21 if all of the following circumstances occur. 
A game is postponed by requirement of government authorities or medical experts or at the discretion of the commissioner because of ongoing health concerns of an outbreak. The league can't find a suitable date to reschedule within the 18-week framework of the regular season. The original postponement was caused by an outbreak among unvaccinated players of one team. The NFL was able to reschedule all the games it postponed in 2020, but it's possible it might not go to the same extreme, such as playing the game on a Tuesday or Wednesday, as it did during its first pandemic season. According to the memo, whether to reschedule a postponed game will be dependent on health and safety reasons at the recommendation of medical experts, as well as considerations of stadium availability, schedule integrity, fan convenience, and other appropriate matters. If the forfeit occurs, players from both teams will lose their game check. The team that suffered the outbreak will be responsible for any shortfall in the league's revenue sharing pool and also will be credited with a loss for the purpose of playoff seeding with the opposing team credited with the win. According to Caesars William Hill, if the game is forfeited, a wager for standard spread, money line, and total wager on that game will be voided. The operating principles are designed to allow us to pay a full season, play a full season in a safe, responsible way, Goodell wrote, and address possible competitive or financial issues fairly. While there is no question that health conditions have improved from last year, we cannot be complacent or simply assume that we will be able to play without interruption, either due to COVID outbreaks among our clubs or outbreaks that occur within the larger community. These principles are intended to help inform decisions recognizing that as in 2020, we will need to remain flexible and adapt to possibly changing conditions. According to the memo, if an outbreak among vaccinated players causes the postponement of the game, the league will attempt to minimize the competitive and economic burden on both participating teams. It doesn't sound like a mandate, but at the same time, it sounds like a mandate. So what are some of the reactions of some of the players? Well, DeAndre Hopkins, among players to react to NFL's vaccine memo to teams. Arizona Cardinals wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins deleted a tweet Thursday afternoon shortly after posting it that said he would question his future in the NFL if it meant not getting the COVID-19 vaccine could potentially hurt his team's chances in 2021. Hopkins' tweet came in the wake of an NFL memo that described ramifications for teams that had COVID outbreaks during the 2021 season that decimate position groups or entire rosters. The NFL said a forfeit would be declared for a postponed game that can't be rescheduled within the 18-game framework of the season and is caused by an outbreak among unvaccinated players of one team. In addition, if a forfeit occurs, players on both teams will lose their game checks. The NFL's new policy calls ripples throughout the league players reacting to the news on social media and at training camp. Hopkins now deleted tweet read, never thought I would say this, but being in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the at NFL. After deleting his initial tweet, he tweeted, freedom. 
he later tweeted, however, that he has nine more years left in this. And his tweet read this, BTW, by the way, I got about nine more years in me. Y'all have a good day. Hopkins was one of the biggest names to publicly respond to the NFL's new policy, but others have chimed in. Los Angeles Rams quarter. Let me scroll back up. Los Angeles Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey responded to well-known quarterbacks coach Quincy Avery, who tweeted, Death a bad teammate if you don't get the vax now by tweeting that he knew two vaccinated people who have tested positive for COVID and that he would look at a teammate as bad if he don't get the vax. No pressure fire. But that was his tweet. Hawkins responded to Ramsey's tweet by tweeting that his girlfriend's brother who's in the military, started having heart issues after receiving the vaccine. He later de- deleted that tweet. At Dallas Cowboys training camp in Oxnard, California, running back Ezekiel Elliott said he received the COVID-19 vaccination but doesn't believe that decision should be forced on others. I got the vaccine just because I wanted to put myself in the best situation to be out there for my team week in and week out. But, I mean, not everyone feels that strongly, or maybe other people still have their view of vaccines. You can't force someone to do something that they don't want to do to their body, said Elliot, who was diagnosed with COVID-19 last summer. Elliot said he grew up in a family where we didn't get vaccines, so it's kind of hard to tell someone who their whole life, their mom, their dad, tell them not to get vaccinated to go get vaccinated. So, I mean, it's everyone's body. Can't tell them what to do with it. So. I mean, it's kind of touchy. You just can't go tell somebody. Indianapolis Colts owner Jim Ursley said Thursday more than 50% of the roster is vaccinated and the team is hopefully headed toward 100%. Getting vaccinated just makes the most sense, Ursley said. There's always risk with everything in life, and getting vaccinated is the right thing to do. New England Patriots linebacker Matt Juden expressed his frustration with the NFL's new policy with a tweet that said, NFLPA effing sucks. And it does not say that that tweet got deleted. Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette indicated in a tweet that he wouldn't be getting getting the vaccine writing. Vaccine, I can't do it. He later deleted the tweet. What's up with these guys tweeting something then deleting it? Leave it up there. Y'all need to grow a set. Be like New England Patriots linebacker Matt Juden because he did not say that his tweet was deleted. Do I need to reread that tweet? He said, NFLPA effing sucks. And I'm pretty sure you can translate what that means. Las Vegas Raiders running back Jalen Richards encouraged unvaccinated players to read the rules, know them like you know your plays, in a tweet. He added, we playing in jail this year, and you should act as such. And it doesn't say that tweet got deleted. 
So there you have what the NFL is suggesting and the player reaction. So this is just some news that I just had to get out to you because I felt it was important to get this news out to you. So I hope you have enjoyed the ride. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, though. Take another quick break. Yes, that's right. Let's take another quick break. And when I come back, I will bring this train to a halt. Stay tuned. A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We'll be back after these messages. Of my own show. I'm, I love my producer. Yeah, I love me too. I appreciate the love. I appreciate it. Anyway, I have another story to share with you. It has to do with Deion Sanders, which means a little bit of HBCU news. Yep. So, Report goes that Deion Sanders walked out of media day. And when you hear about why he walked out, when I read the report, I kind of laughed. Like, what was he thinking? And why is he trying to put himself on that same perch? Yes, I I, I, I kind of laughed about it. <laughs> and when y'all hear about it, y'all going to laugh a little bit more. I promise y'all are going to laugh. Anyway, why did Deion Sanders walk out of SWAC Media Day? Well, apparently Deion Sanders apparently took Umbridge to a reporter referring to him by his first name Tuesday. Let me tell you a little story about that. Now, as a child, in my gym class, I went to a school known as Wilbur's Junior High. As years went by, they started calling these schools middle school. So, yes, I'm 54 years old, okay? But we were always taught to respect those who were in authority, okay? So when I see this first name mentioned, I'm reminded of a gym teacher 
I'm, I'm going to call his name. His name is Coach Nash. Yes. To this day, I still call him Coach Nash. So you will not get the privilege on this podcast of hearing what his first name is. Okay? So let's just say I got a little bit beside myself, as my dad used to say. I was getting a little bit too big for my britches. I started calling Coach by his first name. And I know his first name. Like I said, I'm not going to give y'all that. So you have to remember, when I grew up, male figure, one that was worthy of respect, you respected him by saying, yes, sir, no, sir. If there was a lady, you gave her that equal respect by saying, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You never called out an adult by their first name, especially if they were over you. So Coach Nash taught me that lesson the hard way. But it seemed like I was the reason that the class had to go to boot camp. So here's how it happened. The cheerleaders come walking through the boys' locker room, and we are just hoorahing like, these girls looking good in their cheerleading outfit, and we just in there, woo, you know, all the cat calls. Well, Coach done had enough of it. He came in there, quieted us down, then he singled me out. He said, Smith, you're going to get in trouble about calling me out by my first name. Then as he ended, he said, tomorrow, next, he said, next gym class, we're having cake and ice cream. Cake and ice cream? Well, the next gym class, <laughs> me with my crazy self, I'm actually looking for some cake and ice cream. Nope, we went on with our regular planned activities couple of gym classes later, we found out what cake and ice cream was. Back in those days, we called it calisthenics. Basically, it was boot camp. I think before that day was over, I could barely make it out to the car that my mom came to pick me up in. But from that day forward, if I seen him right now, his name is Coach Nash. So apparently, Deion Sanders apparently took umbrage to a reporter referring to him by his first name to a former NFL star. Pro Football Hall of Famer. Current Jackson State coach left SWAC Media Day after a reporter called him Deion. Can't you just hear it right now? The movie Coming to America. Boy, mama called him Clay, so I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> and Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, sorry. I don't want him to get a hold of this podcast, and he might reprimand me. He tweeted, he said, this is how all of this started. I really pray for all of us, because this was something so minimal that was hilarious to me. That you allowed a foolish, all caps, media outlet and person to play on your preconceived notions. I'm all about peace, love, work, commitment, sacrifice, and forgiveness. Hey, Coach Prime, did you forgive that guy for calling me up by your first name? And I think he has some comments. Let's see what he had to say here. 
evidently we can't pull that audio up, so we're not going to try to. Anyway, the unceremonious exit took place after Clarion Ledger reporter Nick Suss asked Sanders a question per the newspaper. He said, you don't call Saban Nick, don't call me Dion." Sanders told Nick Suss and Clarion Ledger. If you call <clears throat> Nick Saban Nick, you'll get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that to me, Sanders later added. Treat me like Nick. Coach Prime, first of all, we have to have a program on level with Alabama to be treated like Nick. Once you try getting on Eddie Robinson level, you got a long ways to go for that too. Last I checked, Eddie Robinson didn't have a mass exodus of players. He wasn't calling his current team or the team that he had, he wasn't calling them the B team. Yes, I'm putting Coach Prime on blast. The paper reports this was the second time for Sus to cover Sanders at Swag Media Day. Jackson State went four and three. Well, they were one game over 500 in Sanders' first season, which was played in the 2021 spring semester due to COVID. 19 pandemic. More from the Clarion Ledger. When I interview people, I call them by their first name, Sus said. Whether it's someone I've been working with for years or someone I'm talking to for the first time. This is true of the coaches and players on the Ole Miss beat. Coaches and players at Mississippi State and Southern Miss when I helped out covering their teams and as recently as January, even Sanders too. Sus has referred to Saban and the football coach on his old Miss beat, Lane Kiffin, by their first name, along with Bulldogs National Championship baseball coach, Chris Limonis. There was a predictable reaction from Prime's father. Given that isn't remotely true, most reporters called him Nick. Here's guessing this was another dumb Dion publicity stunt. That's from Stuart Mandel at SL Mandel. Pat Smith also tweeted, Pat Smith at Pat Smith Radio. Talking season apparently abruptly ended at SWAC Media Day as Jackson State coach Deion Sanders walks out of SWAC Media Day event after being called Deion. Here's some more tweets. Dan Woken, at Dan Woken. Oh, my God, what a clown move. So, yes, Twitter was blowing up after Deion Sanders made a clown move. At Dan Woken also tweeted, besides the insanity of Deion demanding the same respect as Nick Saban, L-O, L-O, L O L O L L L L L L. He is he is addressed as Nick at every press conference he's ever done, and he's never yelled at anyone for it because it's his name, and he's not a complete psychopath. And Twitter's just going on and going on, but we're not going to read all these tweets. But John Tautley at Jay Tautley. Deion Sanders couldn't be more inaccurate. Nick Saban doesn't cuss out reporters who call him Nick, like Deion said. 
What a clown move to walk out of media day over that. Dion, I hate to say it, but you made a clown out of yourself. Or can I just be blunt? You made a jackass out of yourself. I hope this gets to Jackson State University. Who knows, I might get Deion Sanders on my podcast and he might cuss me out for calling him Deion. <laughs> so there you have what happened at SWAC Media Day with Deion Sanders being a clown. Dr. C. Walking out on Media Day. Well, guess what? It's about that time. About that time that we get ready to bring this train to a halt. Hope you have enjoyed the ride. Tune back in because this weekend we'll probably start doing our college football preview. So, there, the music is playing in the background, which means it's time to bring this train into the station. Once again, hope you have enjoyed it. Leave your comments. If you want to reach out to me, I'm going to even leave you my phone number. 316-553-2010. 316-553-2010. If you even want to be a guest on my podcast, give me a call. We'll set it up. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed evening. Thank you.